As he pulls away, Eddie Van Halen just, he just yells, Hey, check for jizz in the back. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Imagine Eddie Van Halen just smoking. Hey, check for jizz. <laughs> and he laughs. Because you forget that he's just like, without a guitar in his hand, he's like Jeff Spicoli. Yeah. Like, that's what he's like. He's yeah. like right? Check for hey, jizz. Check for jizz in the back. That's good advice, Ed. Thank Thanks, you. Ed. Thanks, so get back to us on the demo if you want to, you know. <laughs> kind of looking for guitar tips, but I'm cool with the jizz joke. Good luck with dreams. Hope Sammy works out. Thank you. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't hire Gary Sharon. <laughs> That's right. You are at Ear and Loathing, episode 27, the episode you can fry an egg on. <laughs> I don't get it. What? <laughs> you never heard the term, it's so hot you can fry an egg on? It? I have, but I don't know what 27 has to do with it. It's epi- <laughs> That's I was going for an absurdist joke. <laughs> Sorry. Boy, we, we've been off for two weeks and uh, we just completely lost our rhythm, didn't we? No, I uh, know. I'm tan and rested and ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I set that one up, and uh, George just knocked it right down. Hey, Damon, right uh, twenty-seven degrees. If you're cooking your eggs at twenty-seven degrees, yeah, you're gonna die. Uh, that's, that's <laughs> telling you, I, I know. It's not the way it works. I'm, I was trying to uh, make the joke that it was hot here in Los Angeles. It is, yeah. And so, this, since we are doing this episode during this heat spell, I thought. <laughs> How funny would it be if I said you could cook an egg on this episode? Now you know. I'm going to make some engine block eggs later. <laughs> well, I, I'm usually a sidewalk eggs guy myself. Oh, yeah. Those are good, too. But anyway, so um, speaking of the guy who ruins jokes, mm. he, the media darling <laughs> of here in Loathing, he's sitting next to me here at, uh, at E-A-L-H-Q. Why don't you say hello to the people? Hi, I'm George White, and my balls are cooling on a giant bucket of ice. <laughs> We're also using that same bucket to put ice in our drinks. So. <laughs> oh, oh, wait. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, speaking of Aaron, he's uh, calling in from the North Star. He's my North Star. He is George's North Star. He's also the Heat Miser's North Star. <laughs> now, George, that was a heat joke. I got it. Okay. I, I'm Mr. Sun. Yeah, I'm right. Mr. Okay. <laughs> He's Mr. 101. Say hello. Baringa, my stock is rising, and that's not surprising. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the only thing that's rising. Am I right? Ow. Six to midnight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have been off for two weeks. Um, because we had various things to do. Oh, that reminds me. I was on the plane going to my thing, Mm -hmm. a family event. Yes. And I was editing episode 25 on my way to the event. And so I had the laptop out and, uh, sitting in my airplane seat next to a woman. And as a minute, I like where this is going. (laughs) Slow down. (laughs) No, and but the stewardess came up and <laughs> and she was topless. Um, and so I, as as they say, all right, well, we're descending into our, you know, where was I going to? Phoenix, I guess. And uh, we're descending into Phoenix. So everyone, please put away your devices. Blah blah blah. So I kind of shut down the laptop, put it in my bag, and the woman sitting next to me goes, 
oh, were, were you working on music? And I go, oh, no, I was actually editing a podcast. That was it. That was her reaction. Z- <laughs> zero reaction to it. I actually thought like... <laughs> We we all grew up going like everyone every dickhead and his brother is a yeah, is, right. is a musician so yeah. like I figured she, she would be like bored by the but the mm-hmm. podcasting sounds intriguing yeah, it right. was a complete opposite just, she was totally like if I had said like yeah I was just uh, you know yeah. mixing some some loops and some beats for uh, I'm a DJ <laughs> she probably would have gone really tell me more and I said no I was editing a podcast and she just like blank face just turned her head away. <laughs> Oh look, Phoenix Airport. Down, <laughs> look, look down there, and everyone looks like ants. She you... called. The, she called the flight attendant. Ding! Like we've got to. Like I was quasi terrorist her at that can, point. Can I get a scotch before we land this guy in his podcast? <laughs> well, the the dog that she has in the and uh, below decks uh, also has a podcast. <laughs> so she's she's less than impressed. Yeah, wow. She's actually traumatized by it because like her kids have a podcast, her husband has, has a, podcast. a podcast. You know the whole thing. So anyway, podcasts are meaningless, and that's why we're going to do one today. Thank you. Of course. <laughs> what we do know is that Aaron is in the is in the torture chamber this week, and so at this point, another guy I haven't talked to in a couple of weeks is uh is this this kind of grimy oh yeah grimy fellow with a with a beat up old hat and a and a few teeth missing, and let's see what he did uh, on his two weeks off. Hey, Clem, what do you got to say about your vacation? Did you visit family? Did you just relax? What what did you do? Hi there, <laughs> welcome to Kibitz Corner. So not much. <laughs> yeah, he. I think he just sat on the porch the whole time. You- Played, practiced the banjo? I don't play. <laughs> he keeps to himself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he kept to himself. Uh, neighbors reported the smell. Uh, so, Aaron, Clem has kind of cued you up for your Kibitz Corner this week. And why don't you tell us what's on your mind? Well, um, I only th- I had some other stuff that I was thinking about, but then I realized that the only thing that truly mattered to me uh, in the last couple of days is that fucking... Uh, the pretenders are back, at least for just just one moment, which was yesterday. Really? They uh, they played for the first time in fucking uh, uh, three years uh, at uh, the Taylor Hawkins uh, oh. shindig, and it was fucking glorious to see them and uh, participate uh, visually in it. And uh, Chrissy was dynamic and uh, lovely and great. They were a bit uh, excited, as one would think, uh, because, you know, it's fucking Wembley they haven't done show it forever and um I don't think that they've played together at all like Chrissy and Martin in in at least three years and so it was her him and um the the guitar player who they've had for a while James Wolborn who was uh tearing it up and uh Dave Grohl on bass because they don't have a bass player so Dave played oh wow and it was fucking great. It was very emotional. Um, can can we was, can we set this up a little? Because I'm I'm a little bit confused. I did see a a little video of Taylor's son playing drums. Yeah, with, no, he smoked Dave. it. It was uh, the they did the uh, there are two Taylor Hawkins memorial shows. One was last night or yesterday, all day into the night at Wembley, uh, and then they have uh, the L.A. one on I believe the 27th uh, at the Forum. And it'll be many of the same people, uh, though the the pretenders uh, are not listed there. Um, all their names were listed individually at the uh, at the one in and Wendley. They like Liam Gallagher opened the show. It was fucking incredible. And the Foo's often were the band, and their guests would come on, or mm-hmm. Dave would go on and join them. Um, and uh, later what, so, on in the, yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt, but were, was the 
kind of gist of the whole thing that everybody was doing Foo Fighter songs? No, 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 no. They were celebrating things that Taylor Hawkins loved and liked and people he knew, people who he was friends with, the music that meant a lot to him. Yeah. And so they were all connected to him, like the James Gang played because he loved them, and and um, he was wow. friends with Joe Walsh. And so, and so he got everyone; they got everyone to fly out to London to do that. Yeah, dude, it was fucking insane. I mean, the the magnitude of what was going on when like a camera would pull away and you'd go, "This is the drummer from a band that was been around for a long time," but it's still impressive when you. <laughs> and he's not just, even the most famous drummer in the band. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> it was just really, truly remarkable. But he was so close to everyone. Like everyone had, everyone in the biz had like this fucking, I thought I was his closest friend. That's how he treated me yeah, um, yeah. kind of relationship. Yeah. And it was super sweet. And indeed, that's how he came across uh, Chrissy Hine years ago. He he has a he has a band, uh, Taylor had a band that, uh, called the Cotile Riders. And they did a record called Get the Money. And on the title track, he had reached out to Chrissy and she did the song with him and she she told him that she thought that the uh, the album title and the song title were juvenile and he said look she's a tough broad <laughs> she wasn't wrong <laughs> but luckily right. i captured her sweet side and uh and and so she was a, couldn't have been sweeter and it was just amazing like i didn't know that they it didn't like really set into me that they were going to play and then all of a sudden fucking there they were and they did uh uh precious tattooed love boys and brass and pocket and uh, old school then, how can you yeah. go wrong <laughs> then later on later on and i i feel okay telling you this because you're going to hear anyways but like i was later on the show goes on the show goes on and the foos set so like queen played and then then the foos played and rush fucking played. <laughs> it was, it was oh, immense. he loves rush yeah he loved yeah rush. it was immense and like so it's queen without adam lambert but this other this other dude who sat in who did a great job and then uh Anyways, so like they're in the middle of the Foos set and they were famous for doing covers. So in the middle, they start doing covers and they say, uh, you know, they revisit the fact, Dave revisits the fact that Chrissy was there and how great was it to see them. And it meant so much to Taylor that they had a relationship, et cetera, et cetera. And he goes, I'm going to bring her out now. I'm going to do a cover uh, that Taylor loved. And she, she has someone with her uh, as a guest and, uh, didn't know he was going to be here. Uh, Chrissy Hine and Paul McCartney. What? <laughs> what did so they, they do? Bring, they bring him out, and so and so. Don't Paul tell me goes, they did like I got you, babe, or something. No, Paul. <laughs> they bring Paul. Paul standing there, and they're waiting for the drummer to sit in because they were revolving drummers, and so they were close friends of of Taylor. So there was like uh, Josh Fries, there was Omar Hakim. So that was beautiful to see him. Yeah. And and so they're waiting for uh, the drummer to come in, and it was and, and Omar finally shows up. And and Paul says to the crowd, he goes, listen, I, I wrote this a million years ago and never heard it in my head as a duet. But, you know, now now's as good a time <laughs> as any. And so they do fucking Oh Darling with with her, him and Chrissy singing. Uh, and Chrissy was great. Chrissy was fucking yeah. amazing. When they, when they, you say duet, were they harmonizing or this? No, no, no. Trading verses. verses, which is a good idea because, you know, that was a ripper for Paul even back then. Uh, and. He's 80 years old. He doesn't need to be fucking doing that. On the Beatles anthology, there's a version where they were just hashing it out. They weren't, you know, it wasn't finished yet. Right. And there's a version where John's kind of harmonizing under Paul. Right. Like trying to do a two part. And it sounds great. I, I kind of wish they would have done at least a verse like that. Mm. And so I was one. that's why I was thinking, well, it's so high for Paul. Maybe 
Chrissy takes the high part and, and Paul comes in. That's my fantasy. Of course, that did, doesn't sound like that happened. I'll bet you that they had zero time. Yeah. Like, zero time. I mean, Paul doesn't do rehearsals, I wouldn't imagine. And so right. like he's, he shows up like they, he said, I think we should do this. The band made sure that they knew it. And uh, like it looked, it sounded like Omar had just heard that he was even going to be playing and he, he was just was listening on his way to the stage because <laughs> he was so good so good like Niall Rogers did a set earlier with Omar playing and they did like a chunk of let's of, of David Bowie songs with like Josh Homie singing and it was just fucking great it was this incredible collection but like as I reflected later everything was so emotional and so sweet but like I, it really meant a ton to me to see the pretenders do their thing. Um, and I mean, she, and I've read that she has sort of said, I, I don't want to do my past songs anymore. I'm kind of over that. It's not really what I want to do anymore. I don't even know if I want to do shows, but I know that I don't want to do that. Uh, be like a jukebox. It's not where I really, where I'm coming from, yeah. but to know that, you know, why she did it, the, the immensity of the stage that they, they did it on was incredible. And you can imagine their nerves were just fucking shot. Mm. Um, but uh, you know, Martin Chambers looked like he was having a blast, and uh, it was it was super emotional. So like, it's not so much a discussion since you guys hadn't seen it, but I I suggest you see it. And it's also interesting, frankly, to see like there's some big clams that happen in the middle of it <laughs> because yeah. of like it's but it's a real moment, you know, and right. like and that and that's you don't I don't go to see I don't go to see rock because I want to see it pristine. I mean, I'd like it to be professional, but with something like this where like do you imagine the moving parts and a thing like that like it just hurts my mind to think about. And they got it together and everybody's heart was in a beautiful place and uh it was really striking. It was a big moment, I thought. So, great to see our heroes do cool stuff and be sweet about it and be really lovely and genuine to each other and a lot of like i don't know it seems weird to say because people are on this rock and roll stage the biggest one that there is and say that it just felt like it seemed kind of egoless to me like it just was really vibey you know yeah speaking of ego <laughs> uh it's it was pretty ballsy for Grohl to to step in and, and you know take the basically the pete farnden role of, yeah, right. of the bass yeah. part now you as as a bass player, can you be a little bit catty and critique his bass playing? <laughs> I can. Uh, I mean, what was happening is that he was playing it in a way that you would imagine a drummer. He was coming at it from a bar <laughs> band perspective. Yeah, where it was real. There, there were no, there were no because they did a lot of like, especially a song like Tattoo Love Boys is a very strange groove. It's a, really it's in like weird. seven eight time or yeah, something. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, and they weren't. Pay, it seemed like they were playing it rounded like they had agreed let's let's not fuck around with this it was probably one of taylor's songs which is what what they love that he loved and so they were like well we got to do it but they said i I feel like they said let's round that off <laughs> so and, they just did and, it in straight straight four it, it felt like that yeah i think that there probably wasn't but like it felt like that and uh and so it felt a little more rudimentary than than a well-polished fucking angular machine that they could be but at the same time it was still it was fucking amazing it was so great you know and she sounds awesome you know she, she still does great. yeah yeah you know i felt like she was not hearing herself very well i felt like her guitar was maybe uh mixed poorly for her on stage um uh but like fuck who gives a shit who gives a shit it was fucking awesome so know? 
Speaking of people who sound good these days, did Buns make an appearance? Buns. I think that he's probably the one person who says, I never believed that I was Taylor's best friend. (laughs) Yeah, Taylor Taylor Hawkins seems like the type of guy who loves every band. You know what I mean? Like, I love those dudes. Oh, I love that guy. Yeah. Uh, She's great. I I bet you he never said that about Buns. (laughs) (laughs) But like, it's just, it was, it was really sweet and awesome. And, uh, you know, it's all over YouTube now, so you can watch it in chunks. Uh, and uh, it's super heartfelt and rad, you know? How did it air originally? Was it on, like, just YouTube live stream or something? Yeah, and then also uh, Paramount Plus uh, had oh. it. And, and so I oh, think the Paramount well, Plus has it, too. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, like, Johnny you subscription go, over here. <laughs> you could go back there and get it. But now, you know, because of uh, the way it is, you can go back out. and People have, like, chaptered it up on YouTube and stuff. Yeah the original feed and, and, you know, the sound was pretty spectacular considering how much running around you got to do. Um, like Man. in the middle of queen, at the end of queen set, Brian came out on the ego ramp and did, um, love of my life, just him and oh. a fucking acoustic, uh, and the entire crowd singing. Um, Oh, they didn't, like, they didn't pull in the, the Freddie hologram. No, 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 yeah. no. It's just <laughs> Brian and, and that, but like, gee, I, how many ways can that go wrong? Like in a, in, oh, in right. a thing that's yeah. not like they're fucking hell. <laughs> it's almost harder to do that than a bunch of people just shredding on stage, you know, like yeah. to get it a pristine, oh, beautiful moment for sure. And like the audience is like, it's really sweet. It's, it's fucking good for old jaded fucks to, uh, <laughs> to see these sweet moments. And, and yeah, it was, there were, it's so weird because the strange, we- but the Wembley gang, that's always like a, you know, obviously it's, it's in London, right? Yeah. And so they have such reverence for all of this great music you just named and all these great musicians you just named. But then they also have like the, the shittiest taste in music of all time. Witness uh, J- Jive Bunny and the Mix Masters. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a, there's a reverence. Pickles? but <laughs> Yeah, that's John Pickles. Yeah, right. yeah, it's no different than us, I suppose. You know, we're, we yeah. were the generators and yet we also <laughs> made some pretty shitty choices too. Well, I'm just and trying to stir up trouble with our, our friends across the pond to get some... <laughs> get some Get a beef going. Go action. You know, all the, yeah. all, the, all the bunny heads are going to fucking lose it on you. <laughs> Give us a call. You know. How dare you make fun of Joan Pickles? <laughs> <laughs> He's a wonderful man. <laughs> He's on our five pins. <laughs> He's on our five pins. <laughs> did, did John Pickles MC the, the uh, Taylor Hawkins event? I think he was running cable. <laughs> Running cable, important important job though. I, yeah. I can play the Jive Bunny song between band setups <laughs> if you like. We rather just go dark. Yeah, in yeah, honor of Taylor, moment of silence. Yeah, they're they're actually going to have a Jive Bunny moment, and then Brian May just said, "I'm just going to go out and play the acoustic guitar." I'm just going to play. Love yeah, my life. that's that's a better alternative too. We were, gonna, we were going to play Jive Bunny, but then we figured we would just have somebody tune a piano <laughs> and, and put it out through the feed. Sorry, John. Maybe at the after party. <laughs> ding. Ding dong. Dong ding. So that's it, man. I sat down and I totally spaced the beginning of the show. Uh, that I that I was going to watch it. And then I was reminded because I got blown up by a lot of people who were watching around the country uh, yeah, to around see the world, if I was really. watching even. <laughs> yeah, that, and, that, uh, this kind of makes sense in. now, Aaron, because cause our friend Pat was texting us, I think it was yesterday. Was that when you watched it? Was it yesterday? Yeah. 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 What was texting the both of us about something. 
And you were strangely silent, but now I realize you were just weeping on your sofa watching the Taylor Hawkins. Love of my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Aaron's yeah, actually was, stood up and sang along with the TV, yeah. crying. I was wrapped up in it. Yeah, it was um, It was rad. They, were, they did, um, when Rush came out, you can imagine, like, Rush. Who played drums specific. for Rush? That's the story. So, like, it was, it was they did, I think. Was Omar's called? like, oh, shit. Dave, Rush. girl. It was Overture. <laughs> Overture and... 2112 i don't fucking know but like there was and it was dave playing that which is but those songs were sort of in the more sort of muscly quote-unquote rudimentary yeah and then and then they did uh yyz with omar yeah Uh, and omar slayed it omar just slayed (laughs) it yeah that's just fucking all over the map and just doing it's really tasty and i you know and joe was like also rush head joe Ponchetti was like yeah it was interesting to hear his take on it but it was awesome yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it's still great, but I think it's when those rush heads are going to be a little like, well, I don't know. Oh, dude, the fucking other thing that was so great is that um, fucking uh, 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 Stuart Copeland, one of a huge, huge uh, uh, hero of, of Taylor's and buddies, they're good buddies. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he comes out, um, he comes out, and they did fucking uh, uh, next to you. With uh, with the like, so it's the Foo's, the band, the Foo's are out there. Stewart comes out and they play next to you and do great, and uh, and then uh, fucking bring out the lead singer Supergrass to sing uh, every little thing she does is magic, and it was great. Whoa, it was fucking great. Like Sting lives mile. like a mile and a half from Wem- <laughs> Wembley. He can't be bothered he to show. Have walked. Yeah, I'm sure he was in Tuscany. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Tuscany <laughs> with Stella. What's the wife's name? St- Trudy. 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 Sorry. <laughs> Trudy Styler. Trudy Styler. We're in Tuscany. Can't make it. <laughs> Dude, it was great. The fucking big showbiz ending. Nice. It was great. Oh, yeah, I was I so jazzed. Yeah, yeah, it was really great. And you know, Stewart's fucking on. Um, you could tell that they kind of they were they were on like that fade out, and Stewart seems like he kind of went to space for a second, but then immediately brought it back in and uh it was just a delight and he just seemed so focused and on it and the crowd gave him a sweet reaction and geez aaron bury the lead you're right yeah well, yeah i totally forgot <laughs> so there's a lot to remember yeah um, that's a that's a big show the, the, you know <laughs> he was so busy crying he forgot oh, it. No! <laughs> so, so he said it was emotional damon okay he said it was emotional that you know what i do like about this is that in the you know when rock frankly is fading that everybody comes together for a fallen young man mm-hmm. from every generation to yeah. say goodbye. That, that really, and that's so moving. That's, yeah. I, like, and because like all these jams are so fucking huge and like rocks yeah. not fucking gone anywhere, yeah. you know? And it wasn't, it wasn't syrupy. There was fucking ton of huge emotional moments where like when the foos begin their proper set without him for the first time, it's fucking nuts. Um, and, the other weird thing, before I forget, sorry, George, the other okay. thing that r- was so crazy is that, so, as I say, there's, it's this musical chairs of, of drummers behind them, one of, like, six people, typically, like, uh, Rufus Taylor, Brian Taylor's son, oh. uh, was beautiful, like, did Oops. great, like, he could be their guy. It'd be a little freaky, because he kind of looks like Taylor, but, like, he could be the guy. He was handling it, Travis Barker, another, another, a number of people, but, um, fucking... But it always looks odd because so if you're looking at them like straight on, it's jarring to not see Taylor Hawkins playing. Just his physicality yeah. is very specific. It is. As, and so – and all these beautiful drummers just don't feel like that, right? It's different. But fucking his son 
Shane, I want to say, comes out and he might have maybe 15, maybe (laughs) just destroys. He plays, uh, uh, there goes my hero. He comes out and plays that. And like, he's got the same physicality of his father. Like, like the way his arms move and everything about the style of his playing and as unsurprisingly, he probably learned from him. So like the only time it looked right and sounded right was his fucking son. It was incredible. Like it gives me chills just fucking telling the story again. Like I was like, whoa, because I, I didn't expect that. Like it would have been great to just have him come out there and slay. Right. But the fact that like the physicality was so much because the DNA is the same. Yeah. God, it was fucking amazing. How creepy so, would it be if they put like a Taylor Hawkins mask on him? Oh, God. it felt fucking like that. Like there was only one step. That's the only thing that would have made it stranger. Oh, God. <laughs> like, oh, God. God. <laughs> Silence of oh, the Lambs. God. It's terrible. So trippy. <laughs> terrible. So trippy. And like, but like kudos to everyone. They did great. And like, this is mildly timely because A, it happened. That show happened last night. And this show, this show will come out, I think on the 22nd of September, I think is when it is. And the, and the next show is shortly after the one in LA. So this, yeah. you said, right? Yeah, yeah, it's right, yeah. right around there. <clears throat> Again, many of the same artists, and then some of the people who couldn't go there because they're on the road, you know. So like Chad Smith is going to play. Alanis Morissette will play. A lot of people who couldn't have gone across the pond, like they won't have Liam Gallagher this time. They won't have um, Chris. A number of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think the pretenders are coming, and and uh, but like Rush is going to do it again. Da 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 da. Oh. Who knows about Macca? Knowing him, he probably will, dude. Macca right. shows up. Macca does. He does, does show up. Yeah, um, he fucking shows up. I have yeah. my answer. I have my answer. Because <laughs> I was going to ask you, the, the big question in my mind was what, um, so where do the foos go from here? Like, yeah, is this a John Bonham situation where they just go like, well, we can't do this anymore? Or I had a thought. I had a thought. The son is like, the answer, maybe, right? That's the classy well, answer to this. It's a lot to ask mm. of. Because you got to be a road dog and, you know, you got to get somebody who knows how to live and how to do it. And like, you know, they don't like, I'm sure that the last thing that his mother would want is to now lose her son out to the road to the, you know, I think that would be too much, but Wolfgang 101, huh? So like you can do, oh, (laughs) fucking Wolfgang was there. (laughs) Shit. Wolfgang came out and fucking crushed it. Wolfgang played uh, with Dave on bass, Josh Freeze on drums, and they did uh, fucking I'm the one and fucking a uh, hopper teacher with the lead singer of the of, of uh, the darkness acquitting himself oh, very nicely doing yeah. it yeah. you know did fucking great it just would and wolfie just unbelievably great Aaron, are you I, sure you watched it <laughs> <laughs> i just keep remembering there's too many things to remember so emotional <laughs> well I, you know one one thing is that i i've uh because you guys know taylor's cover band chevy metal yeah right. okay so they were there was, too yeah, that was what was so great about that was it. So uh, my friend Brent Woods, who I grew up with, is in that band. Okay, he's also in Sebastian Bach. I don't know if he is anymore, but but I uh, would always say to Brent because if you've seen that band, it's so their their set list is very close to Mr. Kickasses. They like the same kind of obscure, right? Like who does Thin Lizzy's? Uh, what's the song we did, Aaron? Um, um, Jailbreak. Yeah, right. Nobody does that. But anyway, and and I always say to Brent because there's three of them. And I always would say to Brent, like, you know, it doesn't have to be me, but you need somebody out front because that bass player would sing and it was kind of like, eh. like, but when they had a guest, it was cool, like Dave or whatever. And then when Taylor would come out and he would always do the Van Halen tracks, he always mm-hmm. did I'm the one something else. And it was great, but he was so good on drums too. And I'm like, you've got to have someone out front because when Taylor comes out, it's so obvious that maybe he should be the singer, you know? Uh-huh. 
Where, did you hand him uh, like uh, your reel? I had my of reel. Mr. I, I said, I said, hey, I gave this Doc McGee in '88. <laughs> he and I did it. <laughs> I'm like, but you need someone out yeah. front that like gets the joke of this and how funny it is because yeah. there's a humor to them, just like there's the Mr. Yeah. Kickass. Hear and, me out. Mr. Kickass and Chevy Metal. And Chevy Metal. Yeah, what, what do you, do you think? think? What do you think about that? You know, if we can get Dave or something, okay. But Does Chevy Metal have to be in parentheses? Yeah, I don't what listen. <laughs> yeah, dude, it was it was it was it was it was super rad and um uh, uh you know I'm I'm excited to see what goes down the next time around and like what's yeah. finessed. I want to go now, but it's going to be $1,500, right? <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and, but so, you know, I, I suggest that you, uh, pull the stuff offline and, and, and watch them and, uh, Will and, do. uh, you know, we could revisit it, uh, again after the, uh, you know, if it falls on my kibitz, I can recap with the same clarity and <laughs> oh. perfection that I did this one. Yeah. I have one more question. <laughs> Does it seem like to everybody here, you, Damon, you're a drummer, um, that the, if anyone should have sat in for Neil Peart, it should have been Stewart. That would seem like the most logical thing to me, the closest to what yeah. nobody did what Neil Peart does, but Stewart was the closest and Neil loved him. And I don't, I know probably Taylor did too, but that I seems- I don't think style-wise it's the no? same. I think it made a lot of sense that Omar did it. Really? Um, I would say, yeah. jazzy. I think Stewart <laughs> doesn't like to, and he's admitted this, he doesn't really like to do homework and stuff and yeah. i think that would require like major homework well, for nobody him. does yeah, yeah i know <laughs> no but omar <laughs> omar is a is like a prog jazz monster and so he can he can probably chart out the entire rush song and then understand what's going on and Stuart would have to sit there and, and slog away at it i, That's I think it cool. great <laughs> it was cool in that regard to see omar on songs like uh, helter skelter and stuff where it's like and and some of the songs he did with the foos that were just so straight on rocking yeah. That like no duh, of course he can fucking play whatever he wants to, but like and by the way, he looks fucking beautiful. He's sixty three years old, and he looks like you know all he's missing is the is the big hair that he had at Bring on the Night. Like it was, did he twirl his sticks? It was. It was, <laughs> it was, it was delightful. It was so yeah, great. Yeah. It was so nice. It was so awesome. Uh, and I knew it was going to be moving and stuff, but there it was a bunch of different levels going on there too. So that's okay. it, man. Good one. Was was Omar uh, like a, a can- cantankerous old grump like like Neil Peart? <laughs> Canadian grump. <Yeah. laughs> he just looked like he was like having a, a dynamite fucking time, completely in the moment, and like you know, it must be a trip too for like dudes who are <laughs> uh, who are like uh, you know, it's like they go over and bring on the night where they're like we're used to you know. People are all uptight about, oh, people won't know what to think of these new songs of Stings. This They would be looking for the police. He goes, come on, please. We're from jazz. We're used to playing a bunch of shit nobody wants to hear. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, what? Like, it just must be weird to be on this global level of like big fat square in the middle of the target rock songs. And so to your point, to your question earlier, George, I was thinking that like the move I would guess for. So I'll bet you that the Foos do the next record with Dave playing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then do the first tour out with someone like, I don't know, Rufus Taylor, someone who's a known commodity and a sentimental favorite to the world so that it's an easy slip in. And yeah. then after that, because that person has a, their own career, then right. they could get somebody who's like going to be the workman. You know what I mean? But like, I yeah. think that, because it's not like you're just replacing a drummer. It's a different... 
you know, he's beloved, clearly. So Right, like, yeah, and how do you do that? Yeah. Right, right. right. And but you can do that with I think Rufus Taylor. It's seems like it's a beautiful move. Well, and I've also thought that, you know, the Foos certainly could, I mean, Dave's, what, our age, and they certainly could just pack it in and go, well, he's in the Hall of Fame, he's in, they've sold so many records, it wouldn't wouldn't be out of the ordinary for them to go, well, no. And that's just the end of it. The band looked like they were having a very emotional, sweet time, and like... It's not everybody who was crying. It was they. They had big smiles on their face. It was a you know. Of course, Pat. Smear, no one has a much funner time than Pat Smear. <laughs> not not everyone's blubbering like Aaron. <laughs> no, no, oh God! Look at that. I, you guys, I have a I have a solution in a world where Damon is the manager of yeah, yeah. of the Foo You're Fighters. You're the drummer. You. No, well, oh, okay. <laughs> that's the obvious choice. Okay, yeah, but uh, three words: Taylor Hawkins hologram. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's hard to make a hologram play do the, the thing, though. How do you play the drums with a hologram? Uh, well, the, the tracks are already recorded. They just have oh. to play along with. The okay. Well, that's how they do all those holograms, huh. right? Well, singing. Yeah, it feels it's like not it's Freddie, more physical. <laughs> it wasn't Freddie singing along with Brian Mapes strumming the acoustic guitar on the. You've seen that footage, right? Right. It's a, it's a video of video. Oh, no, I haven't. It's Brian yeah. May with the click track in his ear strumming along with the Freddie hologram. Right, <laughs> and then he, then he's standing on his head. Or on his hand. It's yeah. very sweet. Yeah. Okay. It's very nice. So, yeah. Right. Taylor can, can just be a hologram and we all we all win. Yeah, yeah. I'll call Captain Kirk. <laughs> Beam me up. Uh, all right. So, okay, uh, here we go. I was, one, I was wondering about uh, what Aaron thought of the, of the Taylor Hawkins tribute. And now I guess I can say... <laughs> I have my answer. I have my answer. I mean, Mike, who doesn't want to know, know that Michael Caine feels secure? Yeah. <laughs> information. He, by the way, was he there? And you forgot. <laughs> <laughs> he was there. <laughs> he did it. Oh my! I forgot they did. Hate him and McCartney did. Hate you. I forgot. <laughs> that bird. The whole- <laughs> Michael Caine sang "Tie Your Mother Down." My- <laughs> Michael Caine played drums on Tom Sawyer, the hardest song to play. No one knew. No, they did. They could have come out and do a madness show up, and then he could do his part in Michael Caine. My name is Michael Caine. <laughs> Hmm. All right. Well, there you go. All right. Thank you for that kibitz corner. That was that was very sweet. And uh, I definitely will be checking out uh, most, if not all, of those clips you mentioned. And and I will also be checking out the ones you forgot. (laughs) (laughs) It was an inspirational. uh, uh, I I could have been more put together, but I was just going to talk about the pretenders. But it just I realized that there's more to it than that, didn't I? It is (laughs) big subject. John Pickles made an appearance. It's overwhelming, really. <laughs> Taylor Hawkins made me feel like it was best friend. <laughs> who are you? John Pickles. Uh-huh. But who are you? <laughs> I'm Taylor's friend, who I am. Who are you, sir? Aren't I? Aren't I? Aren't I? He his little brother, Aren't didn't I? he? <laughs> Aaron, nice try trying to go take this into another John Pickles direction, but you know where you got to go. Let's yeah. grab him by the uh, scruff of the by, neck. The, by the down below and bring him down below undercarriage <laughs> torture chamber. Okay, I'm not gonna bullshit you, okay? I don't really give a good fuck what you know or don't know, but I'm gonna torture you anyway. Suffering. So it's good to hear that again. Speaking of John Pickles, 
I went first last time oh, with so John Pickles. So I'm it looks a... like George oh, okay. is going to be the first uh, the first offering to the torture chamber and Aaron's pain today. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do you have anything to, uh, you know, kind of lube us up with here or should we just dive right in? No, I'm going to lube you up a bit here with this. Um, you know, um, you know, over the time of the show, uh, Aaron Britt has uh, a lot of times, specifically you, Damon Pipitone, mm-hmm. pointed the heavy metal shit cannon <laughs> at you. Yeah. You're an easy target. Yeah, come on. But today we pointed at Aaron Britt. <laughs> I, so far, so good. I like this today new we policy. Aaron Britt. Okay. Yeah. And uh, this song, I believe, has three things that will particularly get under Aaron's skin. One, exploitation, flagrant exploitation of women. Okay. Oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, right under, right under. <laughs> Two, horribly cliche. I mean, laughably, oh. horribly, horribly cliche. And a vocal that's painful to listen to. You think, oh, oh. this is horrible. Uh-oh. Those are the, it, it checks all the boxes. Yeah. And uh, with that said, I'm going to turn you over now to our friends in Brittany Fox with Girls School. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> All right, now... If you don't know it, you're about to. <laughs> I'm going to get it going here. I don't even have any commentary, because I'm not... Su- I know I've heard of these guys. I've heard of the song. Okay, and also Aaron but, doesn't have the... I had to include the video. The lyrics are here, too, if you... Okay. They're nonsensical. Just okay. think of every cliche possible about a girl's school, and that's what's in lyrics. And yeah. the video, in case you haven't seen it, Aaron, I don't know why you'd waste your time, um, is they are in a classroom much like Twisted Sister did in a, you know... In an original way, many years before this mm-hmm. is from 1988, and um, there's an actress that you would know from everything as the school marm, and then they're in a, the classroom and with all the girls in their girls' schools outfits, mm-hmm. and then the band is playing, and they all go crazy and yell and scream and take their clothes off, as well does the headmistress who's originally <laughs> stern and I don't want to hear this band. Yeah, <laughs> so it's just that's what it is. That's the whole video. Is this from the album uh, Statch Rape? <laughs> this is from this is from nineteen eighty eight statutory rape. Uh, the demo was from. <laughs> this is from from the uh, EP. No means yes. <laughs> I, I think it's no means go. Just uh, to get some rhymes in there, you know. But by the way, interesting interesting uh, juxtaposition of concepts. It's a song called Girl School. Yep. And they went ahead and mixed it up and, and staged the video in a girls' school. They did. They, so. Of course. And here also, you can skip a little bit at the beginning. I just wanted to set it up for you as well. Okay. So as you uh, would imagine in any horrible cliche, there's the noises you're going to hear is a stupid janitor coming down the hall who's obviously horny and confused. Yeah. And then looks in the window of the classroom and guess what he sees? Oh, no. The band and the girls going yeah. crazy. So yes. what opening. Well, let's not talk about it. Let's, let's it. listen let's to it. Let's hear it. it. Uh, okay, here we go. Vodka ad first. Yeah. <laughs> Nobolo, the refreshing taste of arrival. I got a Nobolo right here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here he comes. Here comes the janitor. Yeah. Why is the janitor dressed like a hobo from from like, <laughs> like nineteen twenty? Like Art Carney. Yeah, like <laughs> like the Dust Bowl. Yeah, I don't. Because it's cliche. It's what janitors look like. These girls are like twelve. Oh, look at the school marm. Okay, they're getting older. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Still young. And you can fast forward if you want. You don't have to watch this. <laughs> G 
you said that teacher's a famous... No, she's like a character actress oh. that's been played this part in everything from, you know, 1975 to You want to tell me who it is, or are you just, just going to no, imagine no, characters? No, we don't know. Aaron, if you want to know what she looks like, and I'm not joking, George, look at her right now. Yeah. Just picture Chris Farley in drag. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. I forget her name. And I'm not joking. That's I what forget she her name, but she's been in Christina everything. Farley. Christina Farley. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> that's him singing <laughs> george did you like the song when it was i must admit i did not okay i did not like the song okay because it's always a, a coin toss whether you like these songs because they true. to me they it's all true. sound exactly the same you I either know. love them all or hate them all this is a different level than buns yeah aaron you remember this song <laughs> no 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 i i was uh blessed to uh, not have encountered it busy yeah. doing something else <laughs> busy huh? doing anything else literally anything else <laughs> I was peeping in the windows of girls' schools. <laughs> I was frozen in carbonite. <laughs> the week this was, the, the day this was played. All right, here we go. That was a hot move that the drummer just did. Oh, oh, did you the, see the stick? Oh, oh, William, that's the typical move now. He kind of bounced it off the... Yeah, you catch it while you're playing the force. Yeah, that was yeah. Oh, yeah, pretty slick. Very typical of that time. <laughs> did Taylor Hawkins' son do that at the tribute? He might have. I don't know. <laughs> that would have made I it more so. enjoyable for me. I don't know if he's a stick trick guy or not. <laughs> Would you consider that a melody? Yeah, I don't. Because he's just he's just shouting at you, and it's not good shouting, you know, no. like like screaming Jay Hawkins or something. He's no. like screaming. Yeah, just yelling at you. All right. I don't think they've changed the chord the entire no, they, time. They have. They don't. They're just on E. What song is this? The girls' school. And see, cause his baby broke all the rules. And I guess I'm trying to I'm trying to follow the story here, but I'm I guess she was at another school and then broke the rules and came to the girls' school. Okay. I'm not really sure. So how does he have access to her? I'm assuming well, he's a boy. He's a boy. Well, she the lyrics say she she's boy crazy. Oh, yeah, she's boy crazy. It's bitching okay. that this song is four minutes and 40 seconds. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, what the, the fuck? The last two minutes we don't have. It's just this chorus. <laughs> is the last Christ, By the way, it doesn't do anything except what you just heard. <laughs> and there's a, of course, well, this play. Yeah. God. It's horrible. It's horrible. It is. It's the most cliche thing ever. And this video is exactly what you think it would be. Yeah. Where girls, which are dressed, they're not even girls. They're obviously women <laughs> dressed as girls. Yeah. You know. Except there's, except there's, a, there's a small kind of group of twelve year olds in it yeah, too, oh, well, which those, is weird. Those are extras, damn it. Yeah. Round <laughs> up the ages. Which stop right here. 
right there, that is that quiet. That's bang your head. That's exactly the same. This is exactly the same way bang your head goes. Are you saying some of these hair metal songs sound the same? So it's the same. Yeah, it's exactly. This one's particularly <laughs> shitty. <laughs> it is. It's just, this is wildly mm-hmm. awful. Yeah. Uh, this has nine million views, nine and a half million views. Uh, this record sold five hundred thousand copies. <laughs> wow! It's their first debut record from uh, Jesus Britney Fox. And what kind of name is Britney Fox? Mm, is... I'm glad you asked. Yes, please tell me. So Dizzy Dean Davidson, <laughs> the singer who I believe Fuck was, off. <laughs> <laughs> who I believe I'm pretty sure was backed by uh, uh, Babe Ruth on uh, vocals, or sorry, on percussion. And, um, of course, Stand the Man Usual on third base. No, I don't. <laughs> Dizzy Dean, why a baseball reference? By the way, combined with Dizzy Dean's idea that Brittany Fox was a Welsh ancestor of his. And that's the band's, the band's named after his Welsh ancestor, which I looked for a coat of arms and everything for Brittany Fox. And all I found was like strippers and porn, porn stars and yeah. those kind of names. That's Nothing, great. nothing gets the ladies hotter than a Welshman. Right. Well, they, <laughs> then Welsh ancestry. They don't. That's that's what it's. Uh, Jesus Christ. After. And there was some great quote about this. Oh, where someone described them back at that time. It's quote trashy Victorian glam. Because Whoa. well, because who? who said that? I want his name. I did. It just, it just it, I, I don't have his name. But the the so what this is is they they rose from the ashes of Cinderella. And they kind of sound quite a bit like Cinderella. Which Cinderella's a mediocre band, and they're kind of a copy of that. Where. They're all from Philadelphia. The drummer and the guitar player, the original drummer and guitar player in Cinderella, um, left to form Britney Fox. And that's really why they got signed, because Cinderella was hot in 1986-87, and so... And because of Bon Jovi, right? Yep, Isn't exactly. They, like, yep. There you go. See, opened, I know my fucking backstories. Right, right back to Buns, yep. Oh, yeah, all, all roads Gene lead Simmons to Buns. Too. Gene Simmons also tried to sign them, and this, so everyone was looking for this sound back then. Not everyone. Cinderella was... Had, with uh, Time Kiefer, Tom Kiefer was their singer, not Dizzy Dean Davidson. <laughs> you guys, can we please acknowledge that? Like, I, look, I can't. I don't think I can think of one glam song that I like at all. Yeah, because yeah. like, sometimes I'll admit I like this song or that song sure. from a genre I'm not yeah. fond of. That said, can we admit, just as a society, that this is like maybe ten percent of this music is good and ninety percent of it sucks? No. <laughs> Everything you guys have played for now, I understand it's a torture chamber. (laughs) But they, but any song you play by, you know, I don't care if it's if it's Poison or Buns or or uh, Wasp or these guys, they all sound like this shit. We haven't played any Poison songs, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I do. (sighs) What's your percentage, George, Mm, of good versus bad? I would guess I like seventy percent of glam songs. Jesus, jumping Christ! I do. So I am. Aaron, do you have a percentage of of this music? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's it's band centric, you know. Like there's yeah. there's 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 cool songs. Like back when I, if I was fucking hammered and I was like at a show, it, it could be fun. It could be fun. Yeah, I mean, you just sort of fucking forget about it. Like I was looking for a percentage. I, I don't have <laughs> one. I, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. Have, I don't care enough to have a percentage. <laughs> <laughs> well, then it sounds like you're on my team. Well, I have my. Answer. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's like yeah. If I had to say like talk about the quality of this that would be something more like that but where you where you and i differ i suppose is that if i was fucking run running riot on pills and hooch i'd have a good time at the show there's a lot of effort to get to get to like some music you know the effort you're supposed to take to like the music (laughs) you know well like if britney fox showed up at the taylor hawkins tribute at wembley stadium admit it you'd be bummed out 
Yeah, they uh, pull the they, they they John Pickles would pull the pull the power. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure Taylor and all his mostly optimism wouldn't say, "No, this is cool. I like this." He would like something about this. They would. Yeah, he would. He would. He's, uh, yeah, he, came, yeah. he comes from this time, like me. <laughs> right. I can't even ironically like this stuff, though. It's just it's oh no, this shitty. Is, this is well, and also again, this is uh, again which we've run into a number of times with the other acts from this era is that this is towards the end. This is '88. This mm-hmm. is when Guns N' Roses came the year before, but revived some things. But this is towards the end when things are... This, we're in cherry pie, cherry pie territory here. This is things are going wrong. Yeah. It's been around too long, and they've recycled it too much. And yeah. you have this now. Right. Yeah. This is dumb. It is really <laughs> dumb. And it makes me want to go out and get some fucking like throat lozenges and stuff. <laughs> well, you remember how Tom Kiefer sounded like this? Tom Kiefer did this. Yeah, he, was, he made he me was feel like that, too. He was, well, he was just doing. My point is, he was just doing a, a, his version of Brian Johnson, or maybe Bond, more like Brian Johnson from ACDC. And then, and so there was something. Cinderella was somewhere of you know. I like some of their songs, and then this is a copy of that. Where, like I said, it's my Xerox theory, where pretty soon it's just a blank piece of paper with nothing. Yeah, <laughs> and this is very close to that. Fucking it's just a dopey, fucking Victorian outfits. Police. Right, exactly. <laughs> They've got the pirate shirts and the long Jesus coats Christ. and the Edwardian looking. Yeah, yeah. When you say Victorian, like just because they're wearing ruffly shirts that doesn't mean like to me victorians like what harpsichords or something should be right. in the background but yeah. it just sounds like every every other shitty glam metal song i bet this went over huge in fucking philly philly who throws fucking batteries at santa <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ The singer, you know, Dizzy Johnson or what's D- his name? Dizzy Dean Davidson. D- okay. Dizzy- it's got a lot of nice alliteration to it. Say it. It's fun. Dizzy Dean Davidson. He, he has a big, giant uh, Steven Tyler mouth. He does. Yeah, he has. It is a bit of a Steven I Tyler I wish he'd shut it. <laughs> not after a couple more, not after a couple more verses about blue school uniforms and smoking. I think if you freeze frame on, on one of the shots of his mouth open, he looks like the mouth of Sauron. <laughs> From, from Lord of the Rings. He did this stupid fucking thing. Saddle shoes, uniforms blue. Yeah, he did. Like, he did why why are you saying it like that? Only to say, so it will rhyme with girls' school. Right. Well, the nothing next rhymes line, with uniform. That's fucking dumb. <laughs> it's dumb. Okay, let's, let's take some bets here, the two of you, because I already know the answer. Okay, so obviously, in this kind of track, you'd want to shout something, a little bit of something, before the guitar solo. Okay. What do you think he says? Um, Uniforms. Yeah. <laughs> I like your uniform. Okay, that's um, one guess. Okay, eraser, isosceles triangle. <laughs> no, think more cliche. You're too smart. Okay, take Rage. the pills. The pills and the vodka. Aaron was talking about. Take those, and then what would you yell? Ludes. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's something about you know the, her skirt or something, right? Lift up that skirt. G- good guess. Close. Yeah. Not it, but close. It's good. It's good. We'll, we'll hear it now. Okay. Aaron, any 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 legitimate guess, Aaron? Cinderella. <laughs> the girl not the band <laughs> look here's the deal it's the same thing cinderella dizzy dean left to form another band <laughs> hear me out no they found dizzy they found dizzy <laughs> i'm dizzy jesus from this track okay here there's more coming a lot more hey, 
stop right there. Stop. I love that this is what gets me about this, too, is he just said, blah, 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 girls' school, breaking all the rules, which is the chorus. And now he put that in the verse. Right, He's that yeah. lazy he, of writing. He already ran out of lyrics. He already has run out of lyrics now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where it's the same ones in the verses in the chorus. You can't even be bothered to write a decent <laughs> yeah. something for the for the verse. You so the only difference is the, the, the lunkheads coming in and going, girls' school! Right, exactly. That's it. That's the only difference. There's just, this is barely Dumb. a song. <laughs> is there a point where he says... Uh, after girl school, I'm playing the fool. No, there's not. No, it's just breaking the rules all the time. That's I should it. have been there for the writing session. You should have. You should have got the red pen. Yeah, you know, fool. <laughs> I, there's some. There's some rhymes with cool in the verse, though. Maybe yeah. Dean Davidson was uh, was was uh, a Hebrew. He said, I'm late for shul. <laughs> <laughs> Um, girls around the pool there's so many good things yeah. maybe maybe the school is a swim team you know i don't there's so yeah. many ways you can go right. with this just you make me shed a tear i'll take my bagel with a little extra schmear see there's so many girls ways to go. there's so many but he has a welsh coat of arms and the, ba- the band's named after it so yeah not a lot of my hebrew brothers and sisters in, in wales i'll bet you <laughs> of course I'm fucking part Welsh, by the way. Yes, I was going to say, well, Brittany Fox, I, like, what's the Brit coat of arms? I thought, like, geez, yeah. he's got to be, you got to be, you got to be closer to, uh, closer to this uh, coat of arms than he is. I'm the only sexy after. Welshman. The only sexy Welshman I've been voted. By the way. Not, not many to choose from. <laughs> well, what, isn't Tom Jones? <laughs> yeah, it's me and him. That's it. it. It just occurred to me that if there was No a... space for anybody else. <laughs> Too if, much if, dong. If there... <laughs> If there was a if there was a a Britney Fox coat of arms, yes, right, it should it's a great stripper. I'm name. listening. Yeah, it, it, there should be it should be it, it's a stripper's name. It's a great stripper's name. It should be Coke, money, <laughs> and a perfume and, bottle no, and champagne. Yeah. That's it. And glitter <laughs> and glitter. That's what that's what's on the coat of arms. <laughs> and and a key to an apartment in the San Fernando Valley. Yeah, right. <laughs> Sadly called the Welshly Arms. And sadly, and sadly a five-year-old son. <laughs> At the bottom it says, putting myself through school. <laughs> That's the girl, name. girl school. And, and girl school. And, and by the way, the son's name, Dizzy Dean. <laughs> all right. I disagree. They're, it's all, they're always fucking like Jagger. Or, or Jagger, like, Dylan, yeah. like all Tommy Lee's yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's right. all those. It's always that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking stupid. Right. Ranger. Ranger. <laughs> Walker in Texas Ranger. Like, like God, fuck. Yeah. By the way, if you go look at this at the coat of arms at a at a like an art gallery, yeah. you have to you go home and you have to explain to your wife why you smell like <laughs> like stripper perfume. <laughs> yeah, like the well the coat of arms. <laughs> Honey, I swear. <laughs> All right, let's continue on. We're only like two minutes and change into this. Here we go. Is this the solo coming out? In a little bit, yeah. Okay. George, what you know about... uh, the glam scene yes because this is just i don't know a really tepid weak watery watered down version of say girls uh, girls 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 or something yeah same and yeah, so right, yeah. years later yeah, right. seriously how catty were like i, I can imagine motley crew watching this and going what is this shit like 
We, well, I, you know, I. Or did they did they like each other and like each other's music? Well, or? I mean, these guys went on the road with Poison and Warrant, and they're friends with the guys in Cinderella. Obviously, they'd started a band with them, so it was all everybody. The camaraderie was pretty good. I mean, nobody really was catty like that. No, not that I remember. Like they're just copying us, you know. I guess it was flattering. I don't know. But George I just the eternal optimist. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it was just one big party, I guess. But I mean, they, you know, nobody. Nobody particularly, you know, came down on them hard during this time. So that's cliche and stupid because every, you know, you're coming off. I guess Cherry Pie was a year later. So you could say maybe, I didn't really copy them. But like I said, uh, Twisted Sister, who barely original, did a, it wasn't girls, but they did a funny thing in school. And that was at least innovative at the time. And they had the guy from Animal House in it. and you know, yeah. you, you could even say, I even, it made me, when I saw this video, it made me think like even good for Britney Spears in 1999 for just, you know, taking it back and yeah. going, no, I'm a sexual object and I'm going to exploit myself. Well, <laughs> you the guys, name, I'm... the name and the skirt. Exactly. Name <laughs> and the skirt. <laughs> it's a simple twist. It's a simple twist, isn't it? And you know, she, I was like, oh, well, and, and that song's better than this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even a contest my... <laughs> how much better that song is. Well, there goes my torture song. Hit me baby one more time. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh breaking the rules hot on the loose yeah, that's it right hot or loose and, and then i'd like, like the part come to my house woo <laughs> he just got done with that Jesus. dean davidson dizzy dean davidson i feel like now i'm starting to rewrite these lyrics for him just because i think it'd be funny but couldn't you have used like the ruler like yeah, she or, could be measuring him or, or, with with a ruler or getting spanked with it. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Right. Like this is already easy. this yeah. is fishing in a barrel. This is <laughs> <laughs> would that I had a time machine. A little couple of dick jokes, couple of ass jokes. What's the problem? <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> Ron, <laughs> all right, Jesus Christ, I got to keep going with this. All right, so solo. Well, I've been promised the solo. You are, and by the way, it's it. But even the solo, in my opinion, is just the most cliche out of like C rated, maybe D rated. I'm doing Eddie Van Halen. Even that's not interesting. No. Okay, but I thought he was going to yell out something before. The oh, solo. he does, and we're going to fi- find out what that is. Yeah, we are. All right. You're staying after school. What else would you say? See, because he's gonna, you know, it's the porno setup. He's gonna stay. She's in detention. Yeah. Because then, then the ruler and the spanking and the yeah. And uh, this hadn't been done in, in no. the Hot for Teacher song no, and video no, already, like no. four years earlier. Well, yeah, it's completely original. It's completely original. And it's so is the song. It sounds like ACDC and Van Halen. You know, had a retarded r- baby from and named her Britney Fox. <laughs> <laughs> My lift up your skirt was better than that. I it was. Think. It yeah. was more original, at least. Lift up your skirt and make it hurt. <laughs> there, see? That would have been better. No, you're staying after school <laughs> to meet with Principal Dizzy Dean Davidson. <laughs> uh, you have to clean my chalkboard, baby. I wish they had gone, like, breaking down, like, what exactly her homework was. Like, she's learning about quarks, uh, <laughs> like, heavy-duty, like, heavy-duty f- uh, particle physics. Uh, uh, engineering something something really uh dry and just really get into it uh and ultimately just like somebody just says listen can you turn the music off like it's hard to concentrate on my engineering homework (laughs) working on statistics all right come on jesus is fucking solo god 
<laughs> he's playing the same thing through the whole thing. He doesn't move. Then he does hammer. He does a hammer on, of course. Yeah. Let him go. I'm pretty sure Damon could could play that solo, <laughs> and I suck. <laughs> It hasn't changed. No. If each one of us took a note, the, you, me, the, right. the Gitmo Bros each took a note, yeah. we, we could do that solo. Of course we could. Break it down now. I'm trying to picture if, because this song isn't too far removed from something that, let's say, you know, Thin Lizzy or someone would, would have done in the 70s, or even Kiss for that matter. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to, yeah. I mean, the subject matter, this kind of like just meathead rock song. Right. But, yeah. And I'm wondering if like in a different context, in a, in a kind of groovier, less bombastic Th- place could you co- tolerate the song of Thin Lizzy or Kiss or well, something? Well, Phil Phil is a fucking poet and and could write could you know even in like with fucking Roth like writing lewd shit from well, no, the I'm talking about this song. stuff. I'm talking, no, I know, but like the, the difference, but the difference that the fucking dipshits just couldn't do that, and so they're all like just it's like putting fucking white paint on a wall it's just that interesting like they understand that (laughs) level and 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 didn't worry themselves about how to make it any more interesting or they themselves just are incapable is what it is i mean it's not like they didn't think enough they couldn't you know otherwise they would have because they all idolized those dudes they would have done it if they could they fucking can't it's giant foam cowboy hat that you send us remember you sent us a text and said, is David Lee Roth in a giant foam cowboy hat? And you said, he could pull this off. <laughs> yeah, he was fucking awesome. And, and by the way, he, yeah. was, he, was, he was like, oh, I forgot to tell you guys one more thing. Forget my David Lee Roth point. This, you'll love this. Dizzy Dean Davidson said in some research that I found that somehow this song was, uh, was, infl- was influenced or inspired by uh, Mule of Kintyre. <laughs> or, I'm sorry, Mole of, Mo- ten- yeah, Mole but- of Tenkire. It, or the it, mule. Sounds like it was more the mule. Mule. Might have been, mule. Might have been the mule, not the mall of, tin, of Kintyre. But I, 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 do you hear anything? Is it in the same key? Or I don't even. I'm not joking. I'm pretty sure there was a, a wing song from this era called Girl School. Did he mean that? Did no. he say the wrong wing song? No, he said Mull of, 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 of Kintyre. Yeah, yeah. How? I don't know. I was. I don't know. One's like a acoustic ballad basically anthem yeah. Yeah. this has nothing to do d- did you get any context or did you i did not that's all he said that's all he said it was it was it was inspired by it he had to be joking and then wait let me let me finish a little bit here okay. um also um <laughs> that <laughs> uh, later on in 2007 dizzy dean did release a folk rock album called drive my karma <laughs> wow that was clever by the fucking way. idiot yeah He's an idiot. Yes, and he also had some kind of thing that you would you would really hate, Damon. Like where he said some quote along the lines of, "You know, I really didn't like that music. We were controlled by the label back then. We just we right. had to do this song. You know, it's just we're controlled by the label." Yeah, I'm sure your "Drive My Karma" album exploded <laughs> I, when, when I, people, you were unleashed, so we could all enjoy your genius. I did not bother to listen to that one. Yeah. I got to just tell you, I don't blame I you. I wouldn't have either. I know that I always goof on your research but that would have been that's a bridge too far for me yeah 
All right, let's listen a little more. Hannah. Should we? Or I no, mean, no, no. There's a good. There's a part coming. Why? Up. I want. I want. I want to <laughs> point out this one part right here. Okay, sure, it's awesome. And by the way, with, and, and I want to tell you also with for the people for the folks that are interested in video, the uh, the corpulent uh, school marm mm-hmm. uh, is now just so overcome with heat. Yeah. From the song that she's now she's now letting her hair down, starting to dance. Okay. With all the other girls that she was formerly chastising. Okay. You guys get what's going on in the video? It's hard to follow the story. Yeah, this this okay. this song is so is so catchy and engaging that like yeah. even the squares can get into and it. Understand what's going on. Yeah, she's overcome yeah. by the heat of probably Dizzy Dean's dong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I doubt that's true. <laughs> well, you have to see the video, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless. <laughs> All right, come on. What I like is that they broke it down. They did the breakdown, and then they were tired of going girls' school breaking on the rules. So they just threw kind of another little verse in there <laughs> with the breakdown. But I've yeah. never heard anyone do that. Yeah. Like they said, oh, well, this, we'll put this part in. You have a few more lyrics? Yeah, they're kind of the same as the other ones. Yeah. But yeah, I'm going to throw it in with like every part of this song is the same. Yeah. There's no nuance whatsoever. They probably just decided like everyone's so bored at this point. We got to do something. Yeah. So let's just well. There's always the breakdown with the yeah the two and the four kick drum right. But then even that gets boring, and they go let's do a verse real yeah. quick, and then go back into the breakdown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're breaking all the rules. They are. All right. This is cruel and unusual. I'm begging you <laughs> to this? speed it up. I'm begging you to speed it up. Speed something up. Are, are we Keep done playing with it this or now? Is that the part we needed to hear? That was it. After that, after that's the only part. And after this, he just goes girls' school. Uh, it's yeah. the chorus for another minute, maybe. Right. right. That's all. Don't he's got need left. it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, there, there you right, go. I'll Aaron. give you. I'll Brittany give you. Fox. I'll give you a break Jesus. on that. I'm glad you. <laughs> much to your chagrin. <laughs> it's the worst. It's the fucking like worse than anything. Is boring. Right. Like, like I mean, the, the right. biggest sin is 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 just being boring or limp. It's like it's like that's the thing about certain loudmouth politicians that exist in this world. Who just, the the thing about them is they're just, they're boring. They're boring. Blow, blow <laughs> it's hearts. Bl- blustery boring. Yeah. See, and you thought Wasp was bad. <laughs> this I, 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 and I was blind, right. Blind in Texas looked like a symphony. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of true, actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's better. There, there's better pop sensibilities in any Wasp song than, than in this. That. Yes, there is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Thanks, I guess. George. Yeah. You got it. You got it. Happy to provide some <laughs> shitty heavy metal for you. <laughs> I got a lot of it. <laughs> well, I don't know if I can compete with, with Girl School by, by Brittany Fox. No, sure you can. But I think this one, on a, on a in a different way, but on a similar level, this thing is about as boring <laughs> and, and confounding why this this was a hit. And mm. it, it, it had, it, it's just, I don't know. Let's just listen to it and, and we'll get into it. I'm intrigued. Okay. Here we go. It's just like the Fat Boys with uh, with a Chubby Checker. No, it's the, it's the Fat Boys with the Beach Boys doing. They're all boys. They're doing a quote cover of Wipeout, which was an instrumental. <laughs> one's fat and one's from the beach, <laughs> and they're both Mike Love. <laughs> 
<laughs> Get out, everybody. Yeah, speaking of Mike Love, you're going to love his contribution in this. I uh, love every contribution of Mike Love's, especially his political shit. Ironically named Mike Love. Yeah. What a fucking twat. I yeah. get these guys confused with Heavy D, the other fat rapper. <laughs> yeah. The overweight lover Heavy D. The other overweight lover is in the house. <laughs> okay. So the, I, the, let me just start off by saying, like, the idea of the fat boys, who are kind of con- considered the court jesters of hip-hop oh, back yeah, then. barely, yeah, barely and, serious. And the Beach yeah. Boys are kind of like fun California party music. And made genius records with yeah, harmonies. <laughs> right. And then you'd think that there'd be something, I don't know, maybe fun about this song. It's it's a really bizarre combination of talents. <laughs> and, of and, talents? And, and, and of kind of reworking of a song. It's just the whole thing is just confounding and, and, and horrible. So let's continue let's on, shall let's we? Let's hear it. Yeah. If you were gonna, is it a sample or is that them singing in the? That's them singing. This so they, they went and redid. They this. went in a studio. Yeah, there's nothing from the original Wipeout. In okay, this, this is right. just completely remade. Now I was gonna say, wait, Wipeout's if, Jan and Dean. It's not the. Beat. No, Wipeout is an instrumental. Bobby Troop. No, the no the Safaris did it. Safaris, the original. And I'll tell you a little about that in a second. But I'm picturing like if you are doing a A and E like bio movie about the beach boys but you don't get the rights to the songs yeah and so you just have to get studio hacks to write a, a beach boy sounding song yeah, yeah. that's this yeah, right I, like the might even below that even. out wipe out uh, well, it's just, <laughs> it's just this was this for a movie or something no this is just oh, a single they put out okay well once i say this it's gonna make total sense this okay. is right after run dmc got together with aerosmith oh so now in that context, this makes a lot of sense, right? Someone did a lot of cocaine and thought, I have an idea. Yeah, someone, right? <laughs> someone at corporate thought this was, yeah. this was hey, we need our own, you know. Where's our way. Aerosmith run deep? Yeah. Run yep. But like Aerosmith and Run DMC were good. Yeah, it was cool. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, Boys, the Beach Boys were cresting the wave of uh, cocktail, right? Kokomo no, the, yeah, I looked near, that up. Near I, this time? I th- no, they were just, the, Kokomo was the next year. It's like eighty eight. Uh, this is from nineteen eighty seven. They're warming it up. This is yeah. the this is the appetizer. Yeah, yeah, and for the cokes. Really, <laughs> what was going on with the Beach Boys at the time was they in the early eighties. Remember, there was that whole James Watt, Reagan wanted oh, to get right. Get, like they yeah, was it the Beach Boys were gonna play, but then Reagan and James Watt thought they were the wrong element, and they wanted to get Wayne Newton or something. Yeah, because the Beach Boys Beach Boys were too edgy. Yeah, and so that. Put, <laughs> Brought them back in the news. And then Brian Wilson was having all the press with that psych- psychiatrist guy, Eugene, Eugene Landy. Landy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who was following him around yeah. and oh, co-writing yeah. songs with him oh, and yeah. putting albums out oh, and yeah. stuff. And so this is where the Beach Boys were in there. They were just kind of this corny oldies band that that just lo- – they ha- they were completely soulless. Who, kno- who knows if Brian Wilson was involved in any of these things that were going on? Because mm-hmm. in the video, it's Mike Love – Carl Wilson and Bruce, uh, what's his name? Johnson. Yeah, Bruce Johnson. Yeah, and it's just those three are in it, and of course the Fat Boys are in like Santa Monica, Venice. Is Steve Beach. Yeager in it? <laughs> <laughs> He's in a bathtub. But um, you're talking. But the Fat Boys are are uh, I believe they're from New York City. 
and they were they're on the west coast doing the kind of uh you know venice beach muscle guy thing all these sure. little gags are happening in the video meanwhile the beach boys are in new york city oh like scratching on the on the in, on the sidewalk of manhattan like aerosmith brusting through the wall in the yeah Rundi- okay so it's just it's just that it's, is clever it's very clever <laughs> <laughs> I do want to draw your attention, Aaron, to uh, Mike Love's main contribution, which is during the verse while the fat boys are rapping. Mm-hmm. And I think he does it in every verse. He goes, Bowser. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. I don't know about you guys, but I did take the headphones off. Because with this heat and on the back of girls' school, my eyes are popping out. I'm not kidding. I can't can't stand that bass. It's like I'm getting hammered in the fucking head. Yeah. Well, speaking of that bass, uh, one of the guys from the Fat Boys, our record company wanted us to do some sort of Run DMC Aerosmith kind of thing. And so... uh, I guess the Beach Boys made an appearance in that movie Disorderlies that the Fat Boys yeah, were in. Yeah, they made a movie for Warner Brothers. Yeah, yeah. 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 And mm-hmm. so they met that way, and so just it was just uh, kismet, I guess, where they said, we need yeah. a rock band to do this. So they, so they got them. And at first, the, the Fat Boys, were they listened to the original Wipeout, which is kind of like a, a you know fast instrument. Instru- How are we supposed to rap to this? But then he said uh, they slowed it down and put, that, put a Miami bass beat behind it. And that, that's what gave them the inspiration to be able to now to rap to this song. Okay. I'm, they're just yelling. They're not really rapping. They're just yelling. Yeah. Thank God they fi- thank God they figured it out. They probably got the girl who's doing uh, particle physics homework to, to break it down. <laughs> they figured the out, here's what we need to do. Yeah, here's what we need to do. Yeah. <laughs> no need to call, guys. It's Dizzy Dean Davidson. It's he the same year. <laughs> yeah. 88. This is 88? This is... Uh, 87. 87, yeah. Dizzy Dean is 88. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, they proofed it. They did they it later. <laughs> they proved it, and then they did girls' school. <laughs> so it's a rough one. Yeah. So the lyrics, I think, are are interesting only in that they're not interesting, because the whole thing is basically about we were we were touring a lot, and then we wanted to go on a vacation, so we went to California, and mm-hmm. we met the Beach Boys in the studio. That's the whole, they're telling <laughs> the story of so, how this happened. Yeah. And, and, and there's so- not there's there's nothing clever or interesting about it. Is it is it like well crazily enough the Beach Boys at the same time decided they wanted to go on a vacation in New York yeah <laughs> the two planes just like passed each other in the night and we recorded in yeah it. <laughs> so I, look I'm always looking to do something stupid and so I mm. was trying to come up with a concept you know just like we we came up with better lyrics for girls yeah. school like yeah. five minutes ago yeah um, I was thinking like okay this song you're obligated to come up with a version of Wipeout all right mm-hmm. that's what right. the record company wants you to do yeah. you got to collaborate with the Beach Boys I just thought well. You guys are kind of from the streets, hip hop. It's all kind of like, you know, hip hop culture and kind of poverty and everything. I thought, well, they could have written some kind of cool lyrics like, um, you know, history wipes out black culture. Okay. Or poverty and debt will wipe out your ability to get get ahead. 
I mean, these are just like simple Marvin Gaye kind of social commentary. Well, and they could have they could have actually made this a edgy, cutting edge song, but they just said. We we got some beach balls. That's actually in the lyrics, by the way. Sure. We grabbed our surfboards and our beach balls and headed to to California. Sure. That's it. That's what they went with. Well, but you said they were the court jesters. Of- <laughs> I know, but th- but then later on, you they they they're talking about how this, even though this album um, was their their biggest hit because of this song. Really? We yeah. Then they go. That was kind of the beginning, the end for the Fat Boys because we wanted to be taken seriously. Like what are you guys the court jesters or do you want to be taken seriously? Because you did a lot of like comedy records and videos where you're eating pizza and stuff. I was gonna say right. gotta <laughs> stop eating hand uh, sandwiches if you want to be careful. <laughs> yeah. And any image of them tends to undercut any menace or social commentary does, that they may yeah. be interested in making. There's there's one picture I found of them. They're always holding like a burger or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's and there's wearing one, Hawaiian shirts, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> there's one there's one picture I found of them where one of them's holding up a, a, a open pizza box with a pizza yeah. in it, and they're the, like Aaron said, the one, other one's holding a burger. The other one has like two cokes in it. But on the on the pizza in the box are are three small fat boys also eating pizza. <laughs> it's a hat on a hat. It's a fat on a fat, as it were. And then Mike Love is on the box that the little fat boys are holding, and it says Mike loves pizza. On the, it says California Beach Delivery, Beach Boys Delivery pizza on the box oh my god <laughs> play more of this so i can take these headphones off <laughs> okay oh. i think they got the same guitar player as they from the uh, tiffany song <laughs> can you imagine can you imagine like any self-respecting rap head in the late 80s yeah, playing right. this like driving th- with their chums from party to party. Like, no, no. Who who is it for? Not even. I mean, for is this fun. for is this is this for Kath? Like, who's it? Fu- but like, no. seriously, who's it for? Like, not one of the, not one fucking. Uh, uh, I mean, you said it was a hit, yeah, right. So like, it was a yeah. hit. Number twelve. Virtue of the fi- yeah. Gee, but like, but like, but no one played it. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it's a, it's a hit because it was played on radio, but it doesn't mean anybody played it. Yeah. No one requested it. <laughs> you know, like some payola, payola assured that it would be done, but no one asked for it or wanted it or used it in their civilian life. Yeah. It was, it was kind of designed for old people, you know, people in their forties right. who like the beach boys and then really young kids who like the fat boys, I think. Mm-hmm. And like the idea of their musical artists just eating a lot of pizza. I think you forgot deaf people. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't want Good night. Thank you. God. Yeah, so it was a hit. Uh, like I said, it, it, this song peaked at number 12 on the Billboard charts, and it was a top 10 or 20, meaning it was pretty pretty well received around the rest of the world, too. So it was a bona fide hit. And I'd also like to point out uh, 1987 was Oh Nothing, Aaron, the end of the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. What's that? Uh, it's just one of our running themes oh, on sorry, Aaron Loathing. Sorry, sorry, he, sorry. he hates the, yeah, yeah, the Sorry, yeah. sorry well, I didn't. You 80s. know, music started to suck in the late 80s. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. 87. Everyone has so much, you know, nostalgia for the 80s. And it was really only like three years that we that we like. 87 was a good year for me. All right. <laughs> I was 21. As I recall, your hairstyle in 1987 yes. was. That was, the, uh, that was the cockatoo. That was the, the, yeah. the, the mullet with the, yeah. It really was yeah. your best year. It was a good one. It was a good year that year. <laughs> <laughs> Senior year in college. A year swing. of cockatoo hair. <laughs> Back to the fat boys. <laughs> 
My hairdresser's name was Gare. <laughs> was a very good it's year. <laughs> it's a Gary good year. <laughs> it was a Gary good year. <laughs> Moving on here. <laughs> They're just going through the wipeout riff, like with nothing else. It's just we're just listening to the riff now. The solo's over. We're just hearing the. It also undercuts the menace of the uh, the urban lifestyle to say we had lots of fun. <laughs> lots of fun. Guys, we're having fun. We got burgers and yeah, it was great. And yeah, they, yeah in an earlier verse, they said they were bringing their beach balls. We got a beach ball. We had burgers. <laughs> it's just so much fun. We might get a pizza later. I don't know. Mike Love was there. Who the fuck is, who's this Mike Love motherfucker? <laughs> directly responsible for Public Enemy's rage was like, it was the fat boys, it seems. Right. My guess is that they were listening to this like, oh my God, I've never been more angry. I know, and I, we've been oppressed for years. No, about the fucking fat boys. We got to get out there and, yeah. and yell. Yeah, we have, J- to, we have to correct this. We have to respond. Yeah. Just as an exercise, I listened to the original Wipeout yeah. by, by the yeah. Safaris, 1962, sure. I think. Yeah. First of all, the original was recorded. This little factoid is important. It was recorded in a, but this is a SoCal reference. Mm-hmm. The original was recorded in a studio in Cucamonga. Rancher Cucamonga. No, Cucamonga. Oh, just Cucamonga. And no ranch yet. But they, <laughs> I had to look this up because it annoyed me. I'm like, Cucamonga is such a better name for the city. Why, why is it now called Rancho Cucamonga? And in 1977, the city of Cucamonga, the city of Alta Loma, and the city of Etiwanda mm. uh, petitioned yeah. to become their own city. Yeah. So, and, and they named it Rancho Cucamonga. Which is not as good a name as Cucamonga, as far as I'm concerned. Is this anywhere in the lyrics? No. Okay. <laughs> but I had to, as, as SoCal boys, I thought we would be interested in why. What happened to Cucamonga? It should all. It should still be that. But yes, anyway, it's all kinds of excitement off of the 210 freeway. That's yeah. <laughs> Near Colton. Get a piano in Oregon. Um. Get. <laughs> You guys have to yell during this part. You have to yell with me. We went to Cucamonga and we went. (laughs) (laughs) And we had a good time. It used to be Colton. That was on our minds. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm the Mike Love of this. (laughs) So so anyway, the guys who recorded the original Wipeout. It was, they, they had a song called Surfer Joe that they had recorded, and, and the engineer, the producer said, uh, you guys need a, a B-side. What's, you got another song? And they go, no. <laughs> and, he, and, they, and so they, on the spot, wrote Wipeout. And it took them like three takes to get it. And so the one we hear now is, is and if you listen to Wipeout, look, I'm not recommending anyone listen to that song. We've all heard it a million times. It's yeah. played out. It's fucked out. It's corny. But if you just listen to it with fresh ears... It's just kind of this raw garage band kids. They're in the teenagers yeah, right. writing a song on the spot, and it sounds like it. It's yeah. loose and and raw, yeah. and it's not a well, but it's it's got that edge and that that kind of urgency to it. Sorry it's to use the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and at the time it probably sounded really cool. Yeah, and it's the complete opposite of what this song is, right? That they any of that edge, and they just su- completely sucked it out of this song because it's the Fat Boys. And the Beach Boys, who are both pretty corporate at that time, being told by their corporate 
bosses to do do this stupid song only because we want to try to be like this other corporate song that just happened mm-hmm. it's like it's the complete opposite of what the original the intent of the original song which, which was like garage band you know punky almost like proto-punk music yeah. you know and this is just i'm listening to this and going like aaron said like these guys are singing about having a good time <laughs> it's just so <laughs> dumb it's a song for kids and old people i like to point out before we go on yeah that uh, cucamonga Almost rhymes with cowabunga. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I didn't think of that. <laughs> and it's it's the, That's where I would have gone. Yeah. Like it's too bad that the you weren't there for the Fat Boys writing session yeah, when they could have said, guys, you know. Yeah. <laughs> guys, put guys, guys, put put down the French fries. Um so <laughs> <laughs> All right, carrying on here. Nary a smile. This isn't it's a, a song. It's not even a. <laughs> this just, isn't yeah. a song. Yeah. It's not even. It's not even a song. It does, but mm. doesn't it sound like a, a, a group of studio guys? Hey, we got to do a Beach Boy sound alike song. Just yeah. all right. Just do this. So it's worse than that. <laughs> oh, that's this is it, the it, scene. It, is that that adding machine again? Somewhere in the back there, it feels like there's a beat. Then an ad- there's an adding machine, like a more of a more of a chunkier one, like a more metallic adding machine. This is, I guess, scratching. And I and I, this is the scene in the video where where uh, the three Beach Boys are yucking it up on the streets of Manhattan with a with a DJ setup. Uh-huh. And pretending to scratch. I'm passing the time with this, imagining during that breakdown that it, it was. I was thinking that it sounded like a really like industrial size shirt folder automatic shirt folder would sound like <laughs> right, yes and so then the, like the merry mishaps that would ensue if if the fat boys were working at a dry cleaner and like getting caught in it and getting folded up themselves and that's that's how i was passing the time i'm pretty sure that. that's part of disorderlies i think you just pitched uh, you yeah. know maybe seen on page 70 of of disorderlies <laughs> all right here we go Yeah, there's nothing fun about this, right? No, it's just, not at all. It's completely aggravating. You know what it sounds like too is that this this is what a DJ would play to test out the room before anyone was in there because it sounds like an empty gym. Uh, <laughs> right, yeah, it does. And 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 like no self-respecting DJ would ever put it on unless somebody's like ant desired to hear it at the wedding, but like to test out an empty room, you would put on a song that sounds like an empty room. <laughs> I, I, I was gonna. I was going in the same direction, Aaron. Interestingly, and I was going to say that I think even Kath kind of squinches her face up and goes, oh, what, "What? Let's get a white wine." Like she doesn't even. She doesn't even want a part of this. She doesn't even no. understand this. She wants yeah. to. She puts her shoes back on. She's not going to dance. She's going to be outside. Pass. Yeah, getting a cigarette for a little bit, and then she'll come back in when they play her at Clapton. <laughs> yeah, she she's okay with the Beach Boys. She actually would. Oh yeah, lo- love it if a, if like Surfing USA or something came on. Oh yeah, but then she heard those rap guys. Yeah, and that's no. Yeah, what are they doing? It's, yeah. it's a squinch face. It's a scrunchy face of um. Now she'll come. She'll hit the stage after five. Chablis come out for fuck when they play push it. Yeah, but not this. Right, <laughs> that has some that. charm to it. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This is zero. This is zero cool factor. Yeah. I'm yearn. I'm yearning for salt and or pepper uh, right now. Oh yeah. 
Anything, even any <laughs> any jokey rap song would be better. Th- yeah, anything would be better than this. <laughs> Aaron, it's funny you say that. One of the one of the the fat boys, the the Cuban one, mm-hmm. was uh, was dating Peppa mm-hmm. for a while in the eighties, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. but then uh, then it didn't work out. There you go. Huh. Well, sorry. To- Interesting. So sorry. <laughs> That's neat. <laughs> neat. <laughs> neat. <laughs> So, so now they now the 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 Beach Boys walk in the studio and and magic happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's where the it, magic. Yeah, okay. right. Yeah. And and also our favorite thing where they're talking about the song that they're singing. Yeah, yeah. what it's all about. Let's sing this song, song called, called the Wipeout. Yeah, yeah. And the best lyrics they could come up for the backup vocals was wipe in now, wipe out, wipe in now, wipe out. That's it. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> it's not they could come up with. That's 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 a Mike Love production right there. <laughs> was wipe out public domain or something? Why would they even, I guess they made money on I'm assur- it. assuming that the Safaris were perfectly happy for this thing to be okay. a, a hit. I feel bad for uh, Carl Wilson. Get Carl out of there. Yeah, everybody else deserves to be in this room, but Carl, Carl, come on. There's one point Somebody where Brian Wilson just shows he's in one shot because I think they just went to his house or they something. Went to Eugene Landy's office. Yeah, shot. right. <laughs> so they're, they're implying that he's in this, but he's not. No. It's it's just the other. It's the uh, the the secondary I, Beach Boys, wait. the second tier. When you said this a minute ago, like I'm sure the Safaris were perfectly happy to have this song, and I thought, considering we wrote this in two minutes in a garage in Andawanda. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, by the way, just zero investment. Yeah. Talking about return on investment, this took us two minutes in a garage in Andawanda, and now these assholes are going to sell five hundred thousand copies of this. Yeah. <laughs> right. This is the wipe out the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> I'm making, are they just making noises? What, bleh, 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 yeah, what are they doing? I, I, it, yeah, it's, it's a big... It's like almost like McCartney at the end of Hey Jude when he's kind of like yeah. uh, scatting. That's yeah. what they're doing right now. So, but that, the same Was level. that the Cuban one? <laughs> <laughs> is that Spanish or I don't... <laughs> uh, I, the only reason I'm keeping this going is because it breaks down. Unlike, you know, not, you not, unlike, <laughs> not unlike Britney Fox. Okay. It breaks down. Okay. What else would you do? I'm going to break down. <laughs> I'm already broken. I've been broken 15 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> 
so that's one of the fat boys who's uh, they called Be- him the human beatbox. Was he beatboxing? Yeah, he's beatboxing. <laughs> was he? D- does that include like just shoving a burger in his mouth? Incentivized. By the way, I I like. I'm not saying that human beatboxing is easy or like I could do it or something. And there's guys who are really good at it, but this is 1987 or something. I can tell you that my nerdy white friend, Pat Mulvihill, who Aaron knows, was a drummer. Seventh grade, I'm going to say for us, that was like 1981. When we'd be sitting there at lunch break, he would be going with his mouth. Right, yeah, right. And I'm like, why? why are, everyone does that with their mouths. I don't get why the human beatbox thing, like, because the, all these guys are claiming credit for being the first guy to ever do it. Mm, yeah. But I'm like... My nerd drummer white friend Pat in San Diego was doing that when we were kids. He's like, thinking that on his own. And right? I'm not saying he invented it either. I'm saying like all kids who play drums do that with their mouths, you know? Little, little known fact, a seventh grader from San Diego created the big pop. <laughs> yeah. Pat, I think you have a lawsuit. <laughs> I would get on that. So anyway, that, that, this is – all right, that's the end. It's just them going wah, 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 wipe it out, and then – That's enough. By the way, that's the least most irritating – that's the least irritating part of this song because at least there's some kind of melody or something. Someone's not yelling at me with bass. I was like, wom, wom. So finally, I'd like to do a Where Are They Now with the Fat Boys. Sure, absolutely. So the Fat Boys were originally called the Disco Three. Mm-hmm. And then someone told them, "Hey, you're all fat. Call yourselves the Fat Boys," <laughs> and they did. And so, said, "Gee, guys." Uh, speaking of the human beatbox, Darren Robinson, aka Buff Love, mm-hmm. died in 1995 at age 28 of a mysterious heart attack. I'm mm. sure being 450 pounds had nothing to and do getting with getting a ham sandwich <laughs> jammed in your aorta. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like he died of natural causes. Mm-hmm. Oh, and by the way, our pal Darren, five years prior to his death, paid a $10,000 fine after being charged for filming a 14-year-old girl being sexually abused at a party. Right, which... You would He'll be, be missed. <laughs> uh, who's next to say nice. something nice the, about right, Darren? Speaking of the guy who was dating Peppa, mm-hmm. Mark Morales, a.k.a. Prince Marky D, went on to have a pretty decent career. Mm. He released a few solo albums, produced, uh, wrote and produced some songs for major artists, including uh, the song you may remember from 1992 by Mary J. Blige, uh, Real Love. Mm. Which is a pretty big mm. hit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, he had a Sirius XM show and a terrestrial radio show. And uh, he was still sort of active with the other surviving member uh, doing uh, Fat Boys shows and stuff. And then, uh-oh, 2021, age of 53, guess who died of a heart attack? Mm. Another yeah. one of the Fat Boys. He died, he died in the hospital waiting for a stent for a blockage in his heart. Oh. So more of those pesky natural causes. <laughs> and finally, the surviving member of... The Fat Boys, Damon Wimbley, aka Cool Rockski, mm-hmm. the oldest Fat Boy is still with us. I wonder if uh, keeping in shape and realizing he was too fat and now he works out and eats right, I wonder if that has anything to do with him mm-hmm. still being alive. Who knows? Do you think that he's going to join the Beach Boys? <laughs> he could, yeah. <laughs> it, is, are the Beach Boys fat enough to be in the Fat Boys? Um, probably at this point they are. Okay, well, then so. I, like, I like the collaboration and I'm, I'm in favor of it. <laughs> so anyway, there's a little history of the Fat Boys and what they're doing now. Aaron got to enjoy, in the torture chamber, some Fat Boys uh, featuring the Beach Boys with Wipeout and also Brittany Fox with Girl School. What do you have to say from the North Star? <laughs> Jesus. What a yeah, fucking a rogues day. gallery. It's a tough it's day. fucking garbage. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. 
I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, I, look, you can never go wrong by just hating anything that Mike Love is involved in uh, the most out of comparing to. So I'll fuck Mike Love. The Mike Love rule. I'll put that into effect because okay. I don't have the energy to think about anything else. Fuck, it, fuck Mike Love. So fuck that song more. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, what the hell? The winner takes it all. Oh my, oh my God. I get to celebrate today. The winner takes it all. So yesterday, Aaron, yes. I was with our friend Mark. I feel like we're all losers. <laughs> <laughs> For a few hours. And I was, and he's a big fan of Ear and Loathing, by the way, as are many people. I would say most people are now yeah, fans oh, of Ear and Loathing. Yeah, for sure. And we were having a little chat about, about the, the podcast. And I said, you know what? I'm going to throw this at, at my friend Mark because he knows Aaron and he knows the format of the show. And I said, which, which of these, I'm not going to give you the other one because I'm going to save the other one for maybe another torture chamber. But I'm going to say between this song, Wipeout, and this other song that shall remain unnamed, which one do you think Aaron would hate more? And Mark said, um, two words, Mike Love. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's what did it. Yeah. And that's what did it. Mark Patrick, he knows, dude. <laughs> so there you go. Thank you, Mark, if you're listening. I appreciate the win. I, got, I finally got a W on Fuck the board. Yeah. Who knew anyone could defeat Dizzy Dean Davidson? Yeah. Who anyone could defeat? Because <laughs> you guys know, like, if this was me in the torture chamber with those two songs, yeah. clearly I would have picked girls' yeah. school. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> the other th- thing I was kind of a little concerned about, Aaron, was um, I know that you're a fan, somewhat ironically and also just kind of uh, you know, authentically, you like '80s kind of corny hip hop and rap, like mm-hmm. uh, Run yeah. DMC and stuff, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I thought, geez, I, I wonder if this falls under the under that category because Aaron no. can kind of bop to it just because it's so stupid. But then when you factor in the Mike Love yeah, that, co- yeah. component, you're 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 in with a win. As far, as yeah. as, There's nothing enjoyable about the fucking Fat Boys either in that in that world, as far as I'm concerned. So so like it's you it's. Strike one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> Struck out the side. side. Whole yeah, side. side. Yeah. Depending on how many Beach Boys were there. <laughs> yeah, the immaculate inning. It's between six and eight strikes. The immaculate inning. <laughs> Nine pitches. Three outs. Whack. Yeah. Dunzo. <laughs> yeah. Boy. She and okay. me Christmas. Yeah. Well. This heat is not helping. Yeah, yeah let's let's get to sorbet so that we can get you guys out of that room. Yeah, it's getting it's getting gamey in here. A nice cool sorbet. <laughs> That's right. Does Majel say anything about it being cool and refreshing? No, so. She might have a refreshing, does she? I'm I'm looking through them all. She Please say your sorbet is going back to Cali by LL. Aaron, do you think you could progr- reprogram uh, Majel to record one that has cool breeze and refreshing? I need those two in here as well. No problem. But uh, what what would be the word? We don't want warm bath. No, that's, that's, no, we no. definitely don't oh, want that God, today. No. How about just, geez, I'm, I'm trying to think of a good Purify one. Purify yourself in the waters of Lake Mendoza. Oh, there cool. you go. It's like jump in the nice cold lake. He knows. Yeah. Thank you. Sorbet. Purify yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. She's so right. I feel better already. <laughs> My little nipples are as hard as Apollonia's. <laughs> That's not Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> okay, so Aaron's got a sorbet. Do you have anything to kind Help of us, yeah, yeah, dude, bring this, us? This, this is the greatest. This is the greatest fucking sorbet ever, and uh, it's perfect for what we just went through, which is a complete absence of soul or song construction. 
uh, or care. And this manages to do it in about two minutes and 20 seconds, uh, what these guys couldn't manage in about 18. 10 minutes together. Yeah, yeah, together, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is uh, by a beautiful uh, uh, singer, um, and his name is Howard Tate. And uh, let's just listen what Howard had to say in 1972. Uh, this is eight days on the road. Listen, let's listen, listen to Howard. All right, Howard. Give it to us, buddy. song before isn't it incredible God jesus damn. yeah yeah so let me tell you real quick this is uh, written by uh michael gale who's playing guitar and jerry ragavoy who uh jerry professional producer professional songwriter uh wrote uh, time is on my side uh either side of the same town uh girl happy and and peace of my heart the janice joplin made famous um, oh, holy shit and so and he had a couple of uh nom de plumes as well but like just a big dude in the philly soul sound uh and just i mean this guy uh, the, howard tate this is this is a monster vocal performance and this is sort of part of the course for the for his records and and he had like four or five great beautiful uh philly soul records and then he became a stockbroker and then horribly, uh, he had a, a family tragedy, and then he sadly fell into drugs, but um, was sort of found by a New Jersey. He had disappeared, and as you, when you listen to the song, you could see that people would be fascinated with him. And this New Jersey soul DJ found what out year, where he what was. Year did they recover him? And then in the early '90s, found okay. out where he was and sort of rescued him, uh, reconnected him with Jerry. And uh, they made a couple more records. Uh, success always eluded him. It was always somebody else was getting the nod. But it had nothing to do with his talent, obviously. He's just this beautiful singer. Seemed like a lovely man. And so once he got into recovery, he uh, got down with uh, Jay Boogie, started preaching the good word. And uh, also, more importantly, frankly, uh, became a drug counselor and helped a bunch of people. And then he, he finally passed. But um, not before he sort of started getting back into music and going on the road and and doing some stuff again. So he, he sort of got his got his life back uh, and was in charge of it. Got some agency. But so this album was released. Uh, was, the album's called Howard Tate, 1972. And then in 19, people may know this song uh, because in 74, both Aretha and uh, Foghat did uh versions of this song Foghat had kind of a hit and um they're both fine you know but they don't have anything on what howard's up to and folks seem to regard this as like the perfect marriage of jerry and howard on a song and it sort of was his song you know and uh and so god bless it and i i, I ask people to you all his whole catalogs on itunes go out and fucking buy the catalog um particularly i would say the early seventies records up through, uh, up, up till about uh, 1980, well worthwhile. Howard Tate, uh, please listen. And just like, let's dig on him a little bit more. Yeah. All right. Let's go, Howard.
Ross. Yeah. So is he from Philly? Did you say he was born in Georgia and uh, but grew up and uh, uh, became a uh, became an artist uh, in Philly. He was found right. there. Um, yeah, because you can tell like. This is they have a full horn section, but it doesn't have that lush Philly. Like they hadn't come up with a Philly sound yet, right? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't have that yet. Um, this is much more raw. Yeah, and it's just fucking greasy as fuck. I yeah. mean, and, but like, but real, still precise, you know. Um, and it's just a knockout, and it's and so that's the production work of Jerry, you know. So he's got that manages to be completely pro sounding and and really. Uh, the voice of Howard, it's like, it's like, and he's handling these real sort of gymnastic moments with ease, but also not overdoing it in any kind of a way. He's just like, this is where my voice can go. And I want to tell you the story using these moments and these, these, uh, these variations that my voice can do. Uh, and, and it just seems so like, I don't know what it is. It just seems so pleasant and peaceful when I hear him and, and, and that, pains me that he had such a rough time later um and uh you know and breaks your heart even more because the tragedy that happened is is that his daughter sadly died in, a, in an apartment fire and and like and he was never the same and he, that's when he got into drugs so like it was like the brutality of life that did it as opposed to him making terrible decisions you know on his own um and so the i, I, I think of him as this gentle soul and i feel like that's what i hear when i hear him do this you just want to give him this fucking hug, you know, and like, and but also it's this fucking motherfucking sexy ass soundtrack to fucking kind of a group, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it is that for sure. It's sexy and greasy and rad. And, you know, this is not the thing you put on for the first time you've done it that night. This is like the second or third time you've done it that <laughs> night. So everybody's loose and in Please. the mood. He's been you know? gone for eight days. He's got no, some catching up to do. Right. That's what I'm telling you. Dude. That's what <laughs> You're I'm digging in the you. bottom of the fuck kit for this one. You've out of rubbers. I must have another one in here somewhere. <laughs> You're knocking on your buddy's door. Hey, man, I'm all out. Yeah, and Brenda's listen. going, come back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> God damn, yeah. And busted. Is there anything better than when the whole band is playing a riff together like that? Yeah, the horns, so the piano, yeah. the bass. Yeah. Those punches yeah. are great. <laughs> yeah. And like, there's so much space in this. There's 50 instruments playing and there's tons of space in it. Mm-hmm. A ton. The groove, that's, a how, ton. that's how tight yeah. the groove is. Yeah. Dude, it's tighter than a can of assholes. That's right. <laughs> it's tight. He looked the picture that that you know it's on the mm-hmm. video. Yeah. He looks like a super nice guy too. Yeah, like he yeah. doesn't he great. Yeah, <laughs> I love him. <laughs> he's a Hi, hi. <laughs> you know, and like the thing about him too is that he's 
because he's so peaceful and he seems to be so in it, like that image too is like probably why I think that I want to hug him so much. Yeah. Is that like, he just looks like the guy who's like completely okay in his skin. He's like, I'm wearing my little thing that looks kind of like a sweater. Going to look yeah. back out at you. you know, yeah. and, and I'm going to have a bit of a smile on my face. You know, I'm, I'm Howard Tate. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but he's in possession of this like fucking unbelievable uh, voice, you know, and 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 he could just draw from it. He could just do it so simply. And I'm happy to say that with the, some of the recordings I heard that when he came back, he still had a lot of it there, still had a lot of range. So like he didn't rip it out of his, his skull, you know. Yeah. which is uh lovely but but goddamn and just like so so great so great and like so like you could listen to five albums and i made a million mixes of these where like not a shitter in the bunch and really really good choices and covers he did uh dylan's girl from the north country fair uh uh he did jemima by uh robbie robertson like just a ton of great great songs and man please listen to howard fucking tate i'm telling you can't go wrong. Yeah, yeah. Let's listen to the listen listen yeah. to him out here. Here we go. Whoa, that yeah. that note. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's got he's got the um you can tell that uh uh a certain uh Mr. Rogers Nelson probably spent some time oh yeah, uh, yeah. listening to Howard and um that and then obviously Howard clearly loved uh little Richard so he's doing yeah. he's doing those moves but like <laughs> not many people can do those those little high trills like that right inside of this little tiny groove you know like a up and down and not blow it out you know yeah he's got amazing mic control it sounds like you know i was gonna say uh even mariah carey went hmm, not bad yeah yeah right <laughs> right yeah no like this guy see i i'll fucking bet you the people who fucking know like industry fucks and like and probably a lot of soul singers who you know might not think are so versed would so like oh no yeah, it's fucking how tate you know, I'll bet you that that's accurate. I, but there was like no information on who's uh, who's playing the the uh, the tracks. No, nothing. It, what exists is what I told you guys. <laughs> and it's, it's sort of a drag. I was like, golly, I, I'd like to talk about these these musicians. Uh, but yeah, hundred dollars you know. if you're still with us. Larry Marks knows who this guy is. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. Yeah. Like it's, it's just, just the yeah, and just the power, the fucking power of this guy's voice. My God. The, yeah, you know? the, the tragedy is like it just sounds like a near miss. Like he just never had the the yeah. right song that would have pushed him over the edge, right? At whatever yeah. moment, yeah, you know. And I maybe he wasn't like this overtly like sexual performer, so like he couldn't get over that way. Maybe like I'm just conje- it's just conjecture because I'm trying to figure out like what could be the reason. I think he was very easy to work with. Uh, I think that he was professional. He didn't flake, you know. Like so, what could be the reason? Too agreeable. You know? <laughs> maybe, maybe yeah. you know. Maybe. You'll find no, no reasonable men at Tops of the Mountains. <laughs> it's true. So I think there's a little bit more. Let's, let's listen yeah. to a little yeah. uh, more how. Yeah, we're, we got plenty of Howard left here. Woo! To sup upon.
<laughs> it's so yeah. insane. And he just Damn. he just sl- slides it in there, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, dude. And and I I'll bet you there's not one punch in this. This is a one, this is a man who just showed he goes, oh, uh, you want to do eight days? Okay. <laughs> and like yeah. not no punch. This is one performance. He's back. He's doing mic management, um, you know, and just delivering one take. No, I want to come back and hit those uh, those uh, little Richard yes. moments. Yeah, yeah. No. It's one guy, and you know, gee, I mean, when you're if you come from a, a gospel background, when you you're, you know, there's the the soloists need to be able to do stuff like this. So probably that's what's going on here, you know. Uh, but it just seems so effortless. It's a shame. It's a beautiful thing. It's all kinds of stuff wrapped up into it, and uh, you know, uh, it's luckily it's there for everyone to hear. You know, I found out about it just because I was, I will often just do like, I love this crazy. Uh, hard to find soul song and so I'll just like spread out from there like what else if I like this what else is adjacent to this and that, I just bumped into this you know I'd never heard of him up until a year or so ago but then I was angry at myself <laughs> I was disappointed in you myself um, yeah. you're fired uh, my friend <laughs> uh, the good news is for Howard Tate's estate is that uh, after after this yeah after this episode airs the ear and loathing bump oh yeah the e nail bump yeah yeah, sure. yeah. So, enjoy the riches. Look for the mint checks in the mailbox. <laughs> treasure bath. I'm going to have a treasure bath. <laughs> That's right. I've been eight days on the road. He saved the long one for the end. He did. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Jeez. Yeah, God, fucking Howard Tate, y'all. Now, um, Aaron, you say he's uh, from Philly, right? He was from Georgia, grew up in Philly. Grew up in Philly. Any chance uh, he uh, ever crossed paths with uh, Dizzy Dean Davidson? (laughs) Gave him some tips? Or Brittany Fox, uh, the coat of arms, anything? The Welsh coat of arms? No? He said, Dizzy, I said, scream like once in a while, not through the entire song. (laughs) No chance they ever decided to collaborate, you know, like the Beach Boys. Well, I'll tell you what. (laughs) I have an image of Howard where he would have been incredibly sweet and been very helpful to old Diz. (laughs) I like what you're doing, but... (laughs) Like, I like to believe that, like, Daryl Hall knows all about Howard Tate. Oh, of course he does. Yes. Um, Agreed. You know, I like to believe that he knows all about him and that he, you know, prays out the altar of him or, like, Luther Vandross knew all about him. Like, that's that's the reality I like to keep in my life that so all these people who were giants... Uh, you know, were on on Howard's shoulders, you know, uh, and and happily and happily did it, and hopefully treated him good when they met him on the street, you know, because he yeah. fucking is a monster. What year did he die? He died in like I want to say like two, not long ago, like t- two thousand nine, something like that. So like okay. he he lived a lot longer than his habits, you know, were yeah. indicated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so good, good looking out by that beautiful DJ uh, whose name I couldn't find either in New Jersey. If I can find it, I want to shout him out. So I will in another episode. That's that's also um, frustrating thinking about because I have a couple of stories like that of, of this guy recorded a song in 1937 and then they dug him up like in 1962 when he was a yeah, janitor. Right, you yeah, know? right. And, and then he, for the last two years of his life, people knew him and he did concerts and stuff. I'm talking about Mississippi John Hurt, by the way, if anyone's yeah. curious. Yeah. But Guys like Howard Tate, Mississippi John Hurt, you get those great stories, but then how many 
thousands of great guys and singers and songwriters have we never mm. heard because they didn't get that one little oh, yeah. lucky moment of the guy stumbling on your record or whatever. You we know, know show oh, business yeah, like, is cruel, Damon. <laughs> like, or, uh, must, must we, must, was it so important that we hear another nine million times some other fucked out R&B track when somebody could have, yeah. some DJ could have fucking dropped the needle on, on this that, and, you know, made everybody happy. You know, like, I, I, it's, it's not like it's ponderous as a jam. Or like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like it's when you listen to Hear My Dear, uh, Marvin Gaye was not coming from a place of wanting you to dance. Uh, he was wanting to be angry. And you can understand why that wouldn't get played a lot just because it's a <laughs> bit, it's it's dense and gnarly and hardcore and also very funky and also very sexy, but also very angry more often than not. And so like, this is not that. This is this is a fucking a fucking meatball right down the middle of the fucking plate, dude. It's <laughs> a meatball. Jeez. Oh well, you know. At least there's now, so you know. Good sorbet. Yeah. Good yeah. sorbet. Yeah, that was a that was a horrible torture chamber. So that, that sorbet yeah. was very welcome, was. and I felt cool. Yeah, and, and breezy for a few moments there while we were listening to Howard. So yeah, yeah like, let's let's get it done so you guys can free yourself. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right. Well, there you go. That is episode 27 of Ear and Loathing. The Gitmo Bros, always cool, but trying to stay cooler. And the number one rockers forever. Of course, we're the number one rockers forever. Even though we were gone for two weeks, we didn't relinquish the crown. Not even close. I mean, yeah. Not even close. Uh, fuck off, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> fuck off, my friend. Get the fuck away from my crown. You're fired, my friend. Get away from my crown. <laughs> <laughs> so... So, uh, yeah, that was episode 27. We're so glad you joined us. And uh, I think we're going to have more in store for you next week with episode 28. So I will say goodbye and uh, thanks to my Gitmo bros. And we'll see you next time. Good night, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Ear and loading. May sit in a bottle till we're done with the show. Mom! Take it easy. Tune in next week for more Ear and Loathing. End transmission. Goodbye.